Alright guys, the first episode of Final Score 2 on podcast is here, and we've got a very, very special interview tonight to do. We're going to take you out to the West Coast. Back in the day, back when I was a teenager, I guess, uh, Saturday mornings you listen to car, you watch cartoons, but then as as time goes along, the cartoons, about 11 o'clock, cartoons ended, Say by the Bell was on, uh, Hang Time was on, but there was another show that, that really... I took to about a group of kids that had a band, high school kids that had a band. It's called California Dreams. This episode was an interview with Aaron Jackson, who played Mark Winkle. I think he came on in season three. Uh, we talked with him a little bit about his career, how he got into acting, how he got on California Dreams, and what he's doing now. He's a producer. Uh, he's still an actor, still doing acting, and he does some motivational speaking, too. So enjoy this interview with California Dream Star, Aaron Jackson. All right, guys. Growing up, Saturday mornings, you know, when you were little, it was cartoons. It was Roadrunner. It was Bugs Bunny. If you were like me, when you got into your teenage years, cartoons kind of went by the wayside, and they started doing regular shows. You had your Saved by the Bells. You had your Hang Times. Uh, but this show... I kind of latched on to the show. I, I guess it was because of the music thing. I'm big, you know how, how big I am in the music, but California Dreams. Uh, I don't know how many of you remember that show. I'm sure most of you do. I've heard a lot of you talk about it. When I said I had an interview last week with uh, Jake, with Jay Anthony Frankie, I got a lot of good response from that. Now I've, I'm thrilled to say I've got another one from California Dreams. I've got Mr. Aaron Jackson, who played Mark Winkle, who was Sly's cousin from uh that came in i think it was season three uh, or i think it was season three anyway i've got mr aaron jackson on the phone today how are you doing mr jackson you're doing absolutely fantastic how are you doing i'm good i'm good a little hot a little hot in north carolina but you know that's summertime so it's been a lot hotter i'm i'm, I'm further south from you and it's a lot hotter down here boy. oh where, where so, are you at where are you at today I'm, I'm in South Florida. Oh gosh, yeah, you are hotter than me, so yeah. I can't. Yeah, you won't get. I won't get any sympathy from you. Uh, <laughs> no sympathy coming my way, brother. <laughs> so, first of all, thank you for being here. Uh, it, it's it's really a, a, a honor to have you on the show. Like I said, we had Jay Anthony Frank, who was Jake uh, last week on here, and 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 I reached out to you right after I did that interview, and you were, you were really willing to be on, and I, I really appreciate that. Well, we we uh, if it wasn't for for radio shows and television shows that are wanting to have us, uh, you know, we wouldn't be anything. So we we appreciate you equally as much. Oh, I appreciate so it. I appreciate it. Uh, so you grew up in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, right? Yes, sir. South of Pittsburgh. So were you a, were you a sports fan of any sports? Well, of course. I and mean, then when you're born and bred in the steel town, you got to follow the Steelers. You're oh my gosh! It's bred into you. Well, let me tell you this, and I know you don't know this, but I'm in North Carolina, and my 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 whole family just about were Redskins fans because that was the closest team by. Five years old, I'm 45. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 45 now. I've been pulling for the Steelers since I was five years old. I am a diehard Steelers go. fan, so we're going to get along great. Well, with an iron curtain, brother, that's what it's for. Yes, you know, sir. Yes, you know, sir. They, they thought Russia had, you know, the, the Iron Curtain, but we, we truly do have the Iron Curtain. We're the only team that uh, that 
that continues to find its way on top, you know. So no doubt, no doubt. And hoping, it is what it is. It is. Hoping, hoping we'll get back to it this year. I'm re- I'm, it's right around the corner. I'm really excited about football season coming up. So, yes, sir. Growing up in, in Pittsburgh, were you, you know, how was it school? Were you a were you a athlete, or you know, were, was it? Did you get into acting early on in school? It, it was kind of. I had the best of both worlds uh, through through middle and high school. Um, I was a wrestler, um, okay. so I wrestled a lot, and um, I played soccer, and um, I, I uh, but I was acting as well. And uh, when I was in middle school, uh, because I was a wrestler, and because I was an actor. Um, you know, uh, a lot of bullying, a lot of, a lot of stuff came out of that. Right. Um, just because I was, I was, you know, oh, you're a thespian, you know, you dance, you sing, you know, those kind of things. And, um, so I, 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 I got, I was subjected to, to a lot of, of bullying because of that. Um, and it was kind of my, my life goal from that point forward was to kind of prove everybody wrong. And I know that sounds kind of, backwards to say but i i wanted to amount to something and um so i i kind of started pursuing the hardcore uh the acting industry when i was in middle school okay and um so i kind of went back and forth between the sports and then i realized i woke up one morning and realized after my father told me that you are never going to be a professional wrestler <laughs> um with the average height and weight of a fifth grader so um you know i was a freshman in high school at that point um, so I, I stopped wrestling my, my, I think it was my sophomore year in high school. Um, I never played football. I was too small to play football. Um, I was too short to run track. Um, and I, I was a decent soccer player. Um, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. Um, so I fell in love with, uh, with this crazy industry of legalized schizophrenia where I was allowed to think I was a football player. I could think I was a soccer <laughs> player. I could pretend that I was a doctor. I could be anything I wanted to do as long as I could imagine it. Um, right. You know, and I think that's the beauty about being an actor is you're, you know, you're allowed to be anything you want. And as long as you believe it, the audience, you know, is going to believe it as well, as long as you convey it and, and convince them, you know. So, so I fell in love with the acting, you know, um, and, and kind of it sparked in Pittsburgh, you know, middle school. So when when did you decide, that, you know, when did you first start going on, like, auditions and stuff? Was that in middle school, too? I, I mean, I, I, I had done some in elementary school, you know, the, the local commercials here and right. there, you know, those kind of things. Um, but uh, when, when I was 11, I got my first big audition, um, and it was for um, a small company called Pepsi. Uh, and, yeah, um, never heard of them. <laughs> never heard of them, right? Yeah, um, and it was uh, it was the Paul Rodriguez um, series when when Paul was was one of the spokespersons for uh, Pepsi, and they were doing this whole Pepsi Man kind of of thing where you know Paul Rodriguez would wear this cape and he would pretend he was the Pepsi Man, <laughs> and um, they brought in like a Pepsi Junior Pepsi Pup, and I was the Pepsi Pup. Oh. Um, so I did. Uh, I did four national commercials when I was like from the time I was eleven to thirteen. Okay. So okay. that was kind of like like ooh, I fell in love with with acting. Um, they're going to allow me to, you know, they're going to pay me money to drink Pepsi and 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 run around a, an amusement park and get on roller coasters. I was like, wow, yeah. and I don't have to be in school for this. That's yeah. cool. Um, so, uh, but, but shortly thereafter, I had my first audition, like my first major audition when I was thirteen. 
Um, I had done my fair share of plays and musicals um, by that point, but, but my first feature film audition was when I was 13 for a feature called Lorenzo's Oil. I remember uh, that. Nick Nolte, Susan Sarandon, Sir right. Peter Houston off, um, and I got cast as Francesco Odoni, um, which was uh, Lorenzo's uh, half-brother um, in the film. Okay. And so that, that was kind of my, my, my first big break on, on camera, you know, in, in the feature world. And, um, just, and that was the entire picture was shot in Pittsburgh, you know, which was, which was amazing. Um, pretty convenient. And that kind of, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it, it parlayed into doing five, five total features kind of back to back. Um, I, I had done a, a small bit on Bob Roberts with Tim Robbins. Um, I had done a small bit on Passed Away with Bob Hoskins, and then they did Innocent Blood with Valerie Bertinelli, so I, I had done a small little bit on that. Um, and then the, the television uh, TV movie came in, Citizen Kane, um, with James Woods, and I had done a small bit on that. So it was kind of like, and they all kind of like snowballed all at one time. You know, it was like, I walked into my audition you know, for, for Lorenzo's Oil, and it was Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito, Tim Robbins, Nick Nolte, wow. Susan and George Miller, Valerie Bertinelli in the room. You know, and, and I'm 13, 14 years old. I don't know who the heck fire these people are, you know, and, and we're like, do you know who's in that room? That was Jack Nicholson. I'm thinking, who? Who? <laughs> Jack Nicholson. I didn't, I didn't know The Shining was. Um, so I, so I, I went in there and I booked that, and that pretty much took me from my my. Uh, my freshman year of high school with those features pretty much through my, my junior year um, just because of the scheduling aspect of them. Um, and then throughout the course of that, still doing the, 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 the plays at school and the musicals at school and, you know, taking dance class and acting classes and all that stuff that goes part and parcel with being an actor. And, um, and, and then senior year came around. That's right. <laughs> really kind of how my my high school went right kind of a blur uh yes sir so after you get these big roles are they still giving you a hard time in school like you know you own five five pretty big you know lorenzo's oil was a pretty big deal back then i remember that uh so are they still yeah. bullying you in school over that i mean because you kind of yeah they're not doing this and you are <laughs> Well, you know, it happens when you book a feature like that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't a bit of an arrogant um, kid back then, you know, right. because you kind of put up your guard, you know, when someone picks and taunts and, and, and pushes you and pokes and prods, you know, eventually one or two things are going to happen. You know, you're either going to, to, to submit to that or you're going to start fighting back. Right. And um, I found out that, that my fists, weren't nearly as strong as my words were <laughs> and um i was i was i was very articulate and i was able to argue and fight and so i look back on those days and i remember when i got cast in lorenzo's oil you know um it was a at the time it was a big it was a big role i mean yeah. I, I was a you know i was i was number eight in the in the in the billing you know it was a it was a, it was a wonderful role for a local boy and um I remember bragging and boasting about this feature that I was in, you know, and, you know, you'll, when you see me on the silver screen, you'll be jealous then kind of comments <laughs> and yada, 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 woof, woof. And, um, when the feature came out, they had the big premiere in Pittsburgh, you know, the big red carpets. And, um, I had just, they had done the first 
premiere, they had done the Royal premiere in London. And that's where it premiered because that's, you know, where the production company hailed from. So I did the Royal premiere, you know, and you've got, you know, royalty there and, and, and it was like red carpets and limousines and all of this stuff. And I saw the feature in London, you know, because they flew me over and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a considerable amount of this movie. This is amazing. Right. You know, and it was, it was a three hour movie in London. And, uh, when we came back to the States and they did the, the, the Pittsburgh premiere, you know, I was given as many tickets as I wanted to the premiere. So what do you do? You kill them with kindness. No, right. You invite all of your enemies. So I invited everybody that made fun of me, poked and prodded and everything. And I'm like, wait till you see me. Come out, blah, 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 blah. We do the Pittsburgh premiere, very long story short. And I'm in the movie for, if, if I'm in it for a minute and a half, Two minutes. Oh God! You know, I'm like, I'm like, can I get any more egg on my face? Oh. And, but, but, but at the end of the day, it was I was still in a feature film. I was right. still in a movie. You know, um, I don't think the taunting and the bullying stopped honestly until after graduation, and I got on the show. Right. You know, I mean, I, middle middle school and high school. I mean, everybody's catty. You know, everybody's. Yeah. Um, you know, and and when you and I grew up, it was a lot different than what it is now. You know, with the internet and with, with social media and, and everything else, you know, those, the, the type of bullying that we endured was, was, you know, the rumor mill and the pushing and the poking and those kind of things. Nowadays, it's, it's, it's atrocious. Yeah. Um, you know, I could, I, I could, I would not want to be a child in today's, today's society. I really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it stopped when I, when I got on the show because, I mean, everybody grew up at that point. So they really did. So were you were you into music in high school? Were you did you play an instrument? Um, I I played the drums. Right. Um, I was in here we go. I was in the marching band. Yeah, because I yeah. was no good at football, so I played <laughs> the marching band. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want to uh, play an instrument that wasn't cool, you know, because. I mean, I, I was already getting ridiculed for being an actor and a wrestler, so I figured, watch me, I'm going to start playing the trombone, and I'm really going to get picked on. <laughs> um, no disrespect to the trombone players out there, but um, I figured, what's the coolest instrument? I'm, I'm going out to the drum line. You know, so here's me, freshman year. I, I walked in there, and I, I got my sticks, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to audition. I want, you know, I, I, want, the, I want the snare. I want the, the quins. I want the triplets. You know, and, and uh, Bob Dell, which was our, our music director, goes, yeah, cool. You see those big silver things over there? They're called cymbals. Learn them. I'm like, son of a biscuit. So freshman year, I played cymbals. Uh, sophomore year, I played the bass drum. But I got the smallest one because I was the smallest guy. Right. Um, but junior and senior year, I, um, I, I played, uh, I was on trips uh, my junior year. And my senior year, I played quads. Okay. Um, so I was a drummer. Um, but I, I, I love for music because of my father. Um, my father was a, was a, was an old, uh, jock back in the days. He was a, uh, he was a DJ and, um, I kind of grew up on the radio. Oh, and really? My father used to do fifties. So my love for music when I was, you know, in, in, in the mid eighties was not, you know, boingo, boingo and, and wham. My love in the eighties was this small band called the Beatles. Oh yeah, and, definitely. You know, and 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 I love the Del Shannons and the Four Tops and the Four Seasons and Diana Ross and you know all the old doo wop stuff. Um, you know, uh, Buddy Holly, and so that was that was my kind of era growing up through my father. Right. Um, so that was my music. 
and I got, I, you know, again, I got picked on by everybody because, oh, you're listening to Sergeant Pepper? What is that? You know, I'm like, dude, you have no idea. This is iconic, you know? Yeah. And I was listening to, you know, this guy called Freddie Mercury and this guy by the name of Lou Reed and, you know, like all these people. And now who are they making movies about? Freddie Mercury, Lou Reed, you know, all this stuff that, that, that made full circle, you know? Yeah, I guarantee half the people that picked on you about that or, or listen to, to them now, you know, because... No, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. So, how? T- tell us this now. We get to the big picture. How does how does California Dreams come about? How, I mean, did you have to go in for an audition, or did they call you, or, or what? Um, I did. Um, I, I was in, I was in school. I, I graduated high school, and I went to uh, I went to London, England, and um, I was in a school, a college over there. Um, I went to the Actors Studio to Lee Strasberg, and um, I got incredibly homesick when I was there. You know, um, like incredibly homesick. And uh, so, so I came home, and um, it was January when I came home, and uh, I told my dad that that I just I, I don't know that I want to go back. And he goes, "You got to finish what you started, son." So, so I finished what I started, and and I came back to the states when I was done, and. I knew that I wanted to pursue acting. And um, so I, I, I had uh, taken all the money that I had made, you know, from all the different pictures, and I'd saved it, and I bought myself a car. And um, I bought an Eagle Talon TSI Turbo. Um, you know, it was green with T-tops. And um, I, I, I loaded up my next-door neighbor, and um, we moved out to L.A. Like, I, I didn't have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of in L.A. I had no business being in L.A., I just knew that I needed to be in LA. And, um, so I found this, this atrocious, uh, duplex in a small town outside of LA called Alhambra, which was, um, you know, about a 45 minute drive into this into town, into Burbank. And I got there and, you know, I, I had done, like I said, I'd done my acting and I had made some connections, you know, through some different things that I had, that I had done. But as we fast forward to where we're at now, um, I get to LA and, and I met with a manager and um, she had a friend over at, at, at the Peacock, um, over at NBC. His name was Peter Engel. Oh yeah! And she got me an audition, and and I was one of I was one of five hundred kids that was auditioning for it. And um, that day, I auditioned for uh, for for California Dreams. I had also auditioned for another show called Party of Five. Oh yeah, I remember and, that. Um, when I and and Scott Wolf and I, um, you know, uh, both auditioned for the same roles on both shows. And if you go back and look at both Scott and I in the 90s, you know, Scott and I had a lot of similarities. We were the yeah. same height. Our hair, our hair was different. He had a little bit more of a, of a wavy hair where mine was more of a, of a feathered quaff. Right. <laughs> and, um, we both got callbacks on, on Dreams and on Party of Five. And then we both got another callback on Dreams and Party of Five. And then we both got our, our screen test. Um, you know, our, our final audition. And, um, I remember walking out of it and, um, out of, out of the dreams audition. And I went straight up to my manager's office, you know, just to kind of let her know how it went. And it was a 15 minute drive, 20 minute drive, whatever. And by the time I got there, she had, um, the network had already sent over the contract for, for dreams. Wow. And they had, they had offered, um, it was 39 episodes, you know, and, Party of Five was still on the hook, but I knew that Party of Five was only going to be um, a pilot plus five apps, 
And I, you know, 39 episodes versus six episodes. Yeah. You know, hindsight's 2020 because Party of Five ended up doing 100 and, you know, 108, 109 episodes. Whereas on on Dreams, you know, we didn't do that many. But um, that's kind of how that came to fruition. I mean, I I had to audition, you know, and then they, um, once I got cast, they they asked that same question you did. Do you play an instrument? So I played the drums. And they said, do you sing? And I said, well, I did back in high school. And they said, do you still sing? I said, I did back in high school. <laughs> and um, they said, do you have anything of you singing? So I, I sent over my, um, um, I, I sent over something that I did, that I'd done in high school. And um, uh, shortly thereafter, they cast Steve Terrell to do my voice. <laughs> apparently not really good enough. Um and you know, it, it, I, I, it was one of the biggest misconceptions, and I, and that, that was the one thing I didn't like about the show, is that for so many years, you know, everybody thought that um, Mark Winkle, you know, Aaron Jackson was this amazing singer, <laughs> and I can sing, but I can't sing as well as Mark could. Um, you know, it, I, it, not the real line to the audience because you know, no one ever asked. So right. it's that that old adage, "Don't ask, don't tell." Kind exactly. of thing. Um, but when someone when someone asked me, I'd sort of say, yeah, "No, I can't sing like that." Like, no, um, but, but, but so that, that's how that kind of came to fruition. Yeah, I, I would tell you this. You know, you know, talking with Jay last week and, and you today, I I will say y'all played it off well because I could not tell well, that, you. that you were not singing uh, some of the some of the stuff with some of them on the instruments. I could you know going back looking at it now, I say, well, I don't know if they're really playing that or not, but you know, but. Uh, there, there, there's four episodes where I play the drums, like uh, you know when when Tony um, uh, William was singing, like next big thing, and um, um, a couple other songs. I'm actually in the back. I'm actually playing. Like that, that, that's the one thing I'm taking credit for. I'm actually the the cymbals had had mufflers on them, and the bass drum and snare had mufflers on them. But I'm actually playing, and I'm I'm on beat with what you guys are hearing as the audience. Right. Um, when it came to me playing the keyboards, my left and right hand they went up and down. Sometimes I'd move my finger to another white thing or another black thing, which I had no idea what the hell they were. Pardon my French, you know. And I'm just I'm sitting there, but the camera zoomed in so close to us that all you really saw were our shoulders moving. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, and Jay, I love him to death. One of my dearest friends. Um, he, he played the guitar. He did. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't playing, he wasn't playing that music. You know, Kelly, Jenny, and William, you know, um, they all sang, you know, they, they did. You know, Ke- Kelly and Jenny are, are, are two of the most beautiful voices you've ever heard. Right. William's got an amazing voice. Um, but, you know, for Jay and I, you know, we, they, they, they looked at Jay and I as the heartthrobs. You know, that's really what we were. We we were the eye candy for the girls. You know, he was the bad boy, and I was the boy next door. Yeah. You know, um, Michael Cade, Sly, he was he was your everyday normal idiot, but yeah. yet had a huge girl following as well. And when you look at the cast of Dreams, you know, we were politically and ethnically correct. We had one of everybody. Yep. And, you know, every every character had their own draw. You know, Jay Anthony's fan base, Mark Winkle's fan base, Michael Cade's fan base. We had our own fan base. If if you were a diehard Jake fan, 
you know, you didn't send mail to, to, to Mark Winkle or Aaron Jackson. You just didn't do it. But the hundreds of thousands of kids that sent it to Aaron never sent it to Jay. You know, so everybody likes a bad boy and everybody likes the good boy. You know, so it, it's, it, it was marketing genius the way that they wrote the show. Yeah. It really was. And you, you, you saying that you played the drums on one song. Jay said last week. He said there was actually one song that I played the guitar and sang on, and uh, he's, he made yep. sure he made sure we knew that. So that's kind of funny that you remember well, one that you actually played the well, drums on. Well, it's well, it's funny the one that he sang that he played the guitar and sang on. I actually sang on as well. I did forget about that. We did an acoustic one time, and we had no choice but to to sing. There's no way to fake it. <laughs> Um, and it, it was, uh, oh God, what was the name of that episode? I don't oh, remember he what told it was me called. last week, uh, he told me last week what I cannot, I'm drawing a blank now. He told me last week what yeah, it was. But it was. Yeah, I mean, and, and that was the thing about Jay and I, and I'm, and I'm and not, not that anybody else in the cast didn't do this, but Jay and I were, all, to this day, have always been like the most upfront and the most, not saying that the other cast isn't, so the rest of the cast, but we've always been like this. You know, this is who we are. Like, we're not hiding. We're not pulling punches. You know, it's a, it's it's been a crazy journey over the twenty five years since the show wrapped. Yeah. So, uh, favorite favorite episode, one that you go back and say, "Oh, I, that, that was the best." And I know that's going to be a hard one to I, figure out. No, it's it's actually not. There, there, there's two or three when it comes down to it, and I can justify all three in thirty seconds or okay. less. Um, my first episode, just because. You know, wow, I made it. You know, um, but what's funny is my first episode that, that aired was actually the second episode that we shot. Okay. My first episode that I, that I filmed, because they weren't sure how to introduce Mark yet. So we started with episode two, and then we went backwards to pick up episode one. And episode two, which was, um, was, was the forgiveness episode. And it was um, the show that had Mr. Belvedere on it. And oh, it was yeah. about a, a floral shop. And um, I met my first day on set, Mr. Belvedere, someone that I grew up watching, yeah. you know, the show, Mr. Belvedere. And it's funny, I'm going to go sit in my office chair for a second. I'm going to look. And right here next to my office, taped to my, my bookcase right here, is a pendant that Mr. Belvedere gave me. Wow. And it was the St. Genesius, which is the actor's paint patron. And he gave that to um, to me. I think he gave it to the entire cast, and I still have mine. Um, so that, that that episode was was like you know my father, my my sisters, everybody was there, um, and that was you know that that's that's the culmination. That's the dream come true. That's the you know that's the the dream to California dream. That's you right. Know? And I, I I lived that. Um, my next favorite episode was we we'll always, we'll always have Aspen. Um, which was, you know, um, the first A story that I had, which was season, uh, season three, episode 11. Um, it's just funny that you remember these things. Um, and my, Mark was, you know, we, we were at a, at a ski resort and I, I, I rekindled a relationship with, with an ex-girlfriend. Um, and it was just, it was just, you know, for me, you know, um, just an amazing episode. Um, and then the, 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 the fondest, but the hardest episode was, um, was the last one. The last, yeah. You know, um, cause you know, when, when you look at the final episode, um, of us and we're singing that, that final song, I'm glad I was there. 
and um, we couldn't get through the song. I can imagine. Like we, 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 we couldn't do it. Um, and, the, and the reason was, it was like, because we knew when we finished it, that it was done, that we were done, that the dreams were done. And I, and I know that that sounds so cliche and so, oh, well, me, feel sorry for the little kids. <laughs> um, but we were a family. You know, we, and, and when, when, when you listen to that song, like, and you listen to the words of that song, you know, it's the, 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 the tagline is, I'm so glad I was there. You know, there are people, there are places that you'll, that you'll never forget. And it's like, you're, you're, you're like, I'm getting choked up thinking about it. And this is 25 years later. Like we spent day and night doing this show. And when, when we weren't doing the show, we were hanging out and when we weren't hanging out, we were on the road together. Like we were a family. And then all of a sudden some little executive producer sitting in an office that, that, really doesn't doesn't look at this as a family it looks at this as a, as a just as a, as a job is getting ready to basically take all of these kids and foster them now it's going to foster you out you're no longer a family yeah and like from that perspective as an actor it's the hardest thing to let go you know I mean, you go into you know ptsd on stuff like that um so that was the best and the worst day of of, of filming yeah watching you know watching better that Watching that last scene of the final episode, just so much emotion in it. You can tell it. I mean, just when y'all were y'all were up there on stage doing the song, and actually that song is is on my iPhone because I, I go back and listen to that every once in a while. And I told my daughter, you know, as far as every year at school they have a like a senior slideshow that I put together for the senior class that played at graduation, and I told her, I've been telling her I said if you wanted a good song. And I mean, it, yeah, they may think it's corny, but if you actually listen to the words of that song, it is a great song when you, when you think about it, you know, places to go, I haven't been yet, and, and then and faces they tell me faces I still haven't go. met, and stuff like that. Yep. But you, I was so glad I got to be there with you and all this stuff. It, it's great. And whoever wrote that song, my hat's off to them, but that, that was a great song. Yeah, his name is Barry. And, um, ironically enough, um, probably, I don't know if this is a segue for you or not, but, uh, we had a reunion show, um, that was my next uh, thing. four or five, <laughs> I figured as much. We had a reunion show five or six weeks ago, whenever it was in LA and, and William, Kelly, Jenny, myself and Michael all got together. The only, the only missing element was, was, uh, Lorena, Diana Uribe and Jay Anthony. Yeah. Uh, Jay Anthony, as you know, is in Australia. So. Yeah. Uh, to, for him to get there was was virtually impossible to, to get. Um, so, but the rest of us, you know, it, were able to make our way there, and um, really for the first time, as a cast, um, as an entire cast minus Jay Anthony, um, we sang that song. And the coolest, the coolest thing was that Barry, that Barry and Steve Terrell, Barry did Jake's voice and Steve did my voice. Well, Steve wasn't there, um, but Barry was. And um, we sang that song live, and I sang I sang my part. And to be to be a part of that, you know, the the last closing song of our show and the last closing song of our reunion show, just seeing that part was was pretty darn amazing. So yeah. um, it's a it's a very very wrote that song. Yeah, that's 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 just a great song. Like I said, that was my next question. Reunion, uh, of course. The you didn't make the Jimmy Fallon one, did you? No, that that was season two, one and two. 
Um, and it wasn't that I wasn't wanted. It's just it wasn't, there was no reason for me to be there. Right. Um, because it, it, it was Brent Gore, which was, uh, you know, the Matt, Matt on the show. He was, you know, um, when, when Matt left, I hate to say it this way, I replaced him. Right. I was the front man again. I, I, I was the band leader. Me and Jay were. Um, so they never, they never had the two of us in the same place at the same time ever. Um, which, you know, neither here nor there at this point, but, you know, um, so I was not invited to that show. Um, and, and it cripples me because I would have loved to have been there. Yeah, that, um, but yeah, that, that, you know, cause yeah. I always wondered about that cause I, I watched it. They did the whole say by the bell thing. Then they did the California dreams one, and I want, you know, you notice who's not there and but that, you know, it seems like they would have wanted you. I mean, I'm not saying that you weren't wanted there, but still, no matter whether you replaced Matt or not, you you still were a big part of that show. Matter of fact, weren't you on just as much as he was, or more? I actually I did more than he did. Yeah, you know, and and um, but and when it comes down to it, you know, it's if it wasn't for Matt, you know, or for Brent Gore, there would have been no reason to have Aaron Jackson either. Well, that's true. So there's you know I I I've I've only met Brent once in 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 forty or thirty thirty years since the show. I met him one time, and it was at the rap party, you know, the big, big NBC rap party. And there's one picture of Brent and I, and there was two people between us. And it was, it was almost, it was very weird, you know. It was almost kind of like two seasons between us, two people between us, kind of thing. Um, but you know, I, I did three seasons, he did two seasons. I mean, it was. It, it, we all had an amazing run. Yeah. I'm just, you know, and uh, to be cliche, I'm just so glad I was there. Uh, oh, that was a good really. one. That's a good one. Uh, Thank so, you. Thank what, you. <laughs> what happens? What happens after California Dreams? What, where do you go from there? Um, I I signed a picture um, to do a, a small feature called Children of the Corn um, yeah. with Eva Mendez, which was her feature film debut. So I did that, where I played Zane. Um, which uh, was a, a pretty decent film, uh, pretty decent uh, um, following and everything um, that, that was going on um, because it was the, the Children of the Corn um, franchise that, oh, yeah. that, was, that was going through. Um, and it was, uh, Ethan Wiley was the director, and it was, it was a big feature. You know, um, Alexis Arquette was on it, um, uh, Greg Vaughn, um, uh, Eva Mendez, Stacy Galoon. Um, it was it was a it was a decent film and um, a decent cast and decent casting director and everything else. Um, so so with that said, when we when we finished that film, you know we were um, you know we were kind of thinking that we're on top of the world. You know this this we're going to franchise and go out. And, you know like any other picture, like any other feature. You know um, it, it kind of hit or miss. Um, and, and it did well. It never went to the theaters, but it, it did well in, in, in production and then um, went to VOD. And now every every Halloween season, it comes about. Yeah, my daughter, I was, when I was actually looking up your information, she's, she is big on Children of the Corn. She, she's getting more into this uh, horror genre, I guess, what you say, watching more stuff like that. And, and I said, well, you know, this guy I'm going to interview was on one of the Children of the Corn movies. She said, I've got to watch all of them now then. I've got to watch all of them. So <laughs> she wants to watch. She yeah, wants to pick up that episode or that movie. Yeah, right? it, 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 I mean, it, it was a fun time. I mean, to, to work with Eva Mendez on her feature film debut. Yeah. Um, you know, and then now you look where Eva's at now. It's like, wow. You know, so 
Um, so it was, it was, it was a great journey. And then from there, um, I started to do, uh, you know, uh, because of the, 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 the fame or the, the notoriety or whatever you want to call it from dreams. Um, I was, I, I started in this little market called the independent market, you know, and I started getting offered all these little indies and that's when like the indie market was really taking off. Right. You know, so I, I, I did a handful of indies, you know, that were decent paychecks, really good paychecks, but budgets for the film weren't really so good. <laughs> you know, so it's like, but I, I think half the time, like I was getting a paycheck that was, you know, the, like half of the budget of the movie. And then you see the movie afterwards and you're like, I'm willing to give you back this money that you paid me if you just give me the rights to the movie and never let it come out. Um, those kind of things. And I won't, I won't name any of those films, right. but you know, um, we all have a couple of skeletons in our, in our closet. They're like, Oh, I don't, don't let anyone see that. Um, that's, uh, and then uh, once I kind of did the indie circuit, um, I, I wanted to start producing and directing uh, my own stuff. So I, um, over the last 15 years, I've been, I've been producing and directing. Okay. Um, I started a, a small acting school, a um, um, little private acting coaching for, um, you know, I coach up and come actors um, all the way up through celebrity actors, you know, just from character analysis, the scene study to, to, you know, college auditions, etc. So... What is this? You were telling me the other day you just finished on on a movie. What, what, what's that movie that's coming out in what 2020? Yes, sir. I just I just wrapped a feature uh, called Todd, and um, it's with SFN Productions as well as uh, my company Dangerous Curves and Pain Productions as well. Three production companies. And helm this. It's a psycho thriller. Um, uh, I play Dr. Miller uh, and. Um, Long story short, without giving any spoilers, um, I got a patient that's um, kind of been with me for three or four years, and I, he's not getting any better, and I'm just medicating him, and I'm just kind of reluctantly having to see him every session, every week. He's not getting any better, and I, I start throwing him to the wayside, um, and kind uh, of getting his what's left of his brain um, to kind of go crazy, and. Uh, stalking me and my family and starts stalking um, a woman uh, in town and uh, kind of takes it to the worst kind of scenario. Okay. And um, in the midst of all that, um, I'm, I'm in the process of almost losing my wife and losing my daughter. And because of, of Todd and his erratic behavior, um, somehow maybe that makes a, a turnaround in the end. You know, okay. we have to look for that one when it comes yeah. out. It's coming out in 2020. Yes, sir. I'm pretty good. Okay, and that, and also you do you do some uh, some speaking, public speaking, and you've you've got actually got a program that I'm I'm really interested in a, a dangerous words program. Tell us a little bit about that. I uh, I own a, my production company, Dangerous Curves Production, right? And um, I started Dangerous Curves uh, 15, 20 years ago. And um, it was A, to have a production company, and B, to play, play on the word Dangerous Curves. Um, when we were on the show, they wanted us to do public appearances, like Mall of America, and go out and meet and greet with our fans. And that was, that was awesome, but my, my thing was, if I'm going to go out and, and greet, you know, my words are going to be a lot more important to somebody than my signature. Right. So I, I, um, I came up with kind of this, this idea in the back of my head. What, what's the biggest problem with youth today? And that at the time was, was drinking, drinking and driving. 
So I started Dangerous Curves. You know, uh, life on the roads of, of, of dangerous curves. Every head, there's a there's a there's a curve ahead of you that can be dangerous. Kind of scenario. Um, dangerous curves on the road of life. And um, started going around the country talking to kids about the effects of drinking and driving. And because of that, it kind of parlayed into um, one of my students saying, you know, Mr. Aaron, you are, you know, you, you've got quite the voice and a lot of people listen to you. Why not do something else? Um, I really think you should do something about bullying. And wow. And then that, that sparked into a uh, program. And what my program is, in, in a nutshell, is I go around uh, to the middle schools, high schools, um, and elementary schools, and I talk to the kids about bullying. Not just don't don't bully that bad. I talked to them about the effects of bullying and, and what cyberbullying is and how it actually, you know, how, how, how people in schools are actually promoting bullying. You know, by putting somebody down and somebody laughing, you know, you're, you're, you're helping that bully. You're feeding that fire. So, um, you know, I, I, I do a lot of role play. And, you know, for the first 15 minutes of my 45-minute speech without the audience knowing it, I'm bullying um, somebody in the audience. I'm, I'm literally, I'm picking on somebody who's so bad that I'm doing it in a comedic fashion that they're laughing with me. And then when I get to the, when I ask, ask the question, how many of you guys have ever witnessed bullying? And they all raise their hand up in the air. And then I ask them, after that, I say, how many of you guys have ever encouraged bullying? And all their hands go down. And I say, uh-uh put all your hands back up because while I was picking on this little girl in the front row, each and every one of you laughed at one point or another, did you not? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's bullying. You allowed me to bully. You helped me bully this young lady. And I, and I put it in such a perspective that they go, they see it firsthand. And then I bring this little girl or boy up on stage and I apologize to them and I let them know they knew about it prior to me doing right, it to them because right. we had already discussed it. But I want the audience to know that, that, you know, that my words can hurt. And my words hurt more than a knife too. Because a knife wound heals. Words you can never take back. So that's, that's why I started Dangerous Force. Yeah, that's definitely uh, a big, big problem going on in today's youth. and Probably the biggest problem right now. And you, like you said, cyberbullying is, is, is a terrible thing. Uh, when me and you were growing up, like you said, we had to, all we had to deal with was, you know, the rumor mill and, and then some pushing and shoving. But, you know, there's so many ways kids from today can be bullied. It, it, it's like I, I, I just don't know how a lot of these kids deal with it. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, and, and, and parents are making kids aware of it and, and, and allowing them to have a voice and for kids to stand up for themselves and, you know, strength comes in numbers, right. you know, and if we, if we, if we witness it, you've, you've got to, you got to stop it. You, you've got to be that one that's not afraid. You know, um, I, I've, I've worn enough eyes over the years because I'm, I'm not afraid to say something and I'll continue to work with if someone wants to continue to push those buttons because nobody deserves to, to, to be bullied. The suicide ratio that is the, the suicide rate that we're, and how high it is. Yeah. And if you look at the, the, the back stories of these people, and I, I don't want to go into statistics because I don't know them offhand and I don't want to misquote them. The statistics of that situation of suicide, you know, if you look far enough back, you will see that there's bullying that happened for them. And that, if that's the, if that's the one thing that we can cut out of society right now and, and make a difference with these kids and save one more kid's life, then, then we're doing our job. Definitely. You know, definitely. 
that's 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 what I care about. So. Yep. So, where can we find out more about this uh, your Dangerous Words program and find out more about you? Well, you can only visit my website <laughs> and visit no, um, uh, theaaronjackson.com, which is my website. Um, it's got everything out there uh, about me as an actor, about me as a as a director, as a producer. And then there's also a category about my Dangerous Curves and Dangerous Words program. If there's a middle school, a high school, or, or, or even a college that's interested in having me come out and speak, um, you know, the contact information's on there. They can reach you directly and feel free to pass them on to me. Right. Um, and then you can find me on my Instagram, which is uh, Aaron Jackson Official, which is my, my Instagram. Um, I'm trying to go for a check mark right now, and it's yeah. not working out for me very well because they're saying that I'm not, that, that I, I'm an influencer. I'm not an influencer, but apparently <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I want a blue check mark. That's what I'm yeah, doing. That, that's my goal. That's your goal for this year is a blue check mark. Blue check mark, right? So we're well, saying I'm just going to get a check, mail, check mark in the mail from someone. Here's a blue check mark. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's when I'm... And, when I'm when I'm not acting and directing and producing um, and coaching, you know, my, my next passion is working with kids, you know, and, and trying to save save one one at a time. I got you. I got you. Well, you definitely definitely seems like you you're doing a great job with it. And, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm Thank not, you so much. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you today it's, it's been an honor and I, I thank you once again for agreeing to take some time out of your day to do this well, it, it has been my pleasure and, and i appreciate you all as well so thank you so much for wanting to have me oh no doubt no doubt hopefully hopefully you know you're number two maybe i can get get all of the guys from california dreams so i'm on my way your your goal was a blue check mark maybe my goal was to get all the california dreams on here so <laughs> Well, um, um, let's talk after the show, and, and we'll um, we'll see if we can help you make that happen. Oh, okay, that would be great. Thank you so much. Like I said, thank you again, and I'm a, I'm going to let you go. But thank you again for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, all right, guys. It's Aaron Jackson from California Dreams. That's going to do it for the final score two, the first episode. Hope you enjoyed this interview with California Dream Star Aaron Jackson. Next week, we'll have another big interview, maybe with another television star uh, and maybe another guy from California Dreams. We'll, we'll see you next week on the Final Score 2.